Good morning, my friends, and welcome to this special Independence Day installment of Morning Reload. From very high above, all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver cowboy state politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. What makes our Declaration of Independence so special? Why is it different than other founding documents in the world? What makes it so special? It's true, it was the first time that a people decided that they were going to try to rule themselves. It's the first time in the history of the world that that ever happened. It's not the first revolution that was decided by a group of people signing a document. That's happened lots of times. Perhaps it was the first time a revolution had started in that way, but certainly other revolutions had started throughout history. But why is it that the world remembers that one document more than any other? Well, perhaps not more than the Magna Carta, but certainly people talk about the Declaration of Independence far more, even today, far more than the Magna Carta. Certainly, the Magna Carta was a prelude to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. But even so, the Declaration of Independence bears one striking example that sets it apart from all the others. The Tennis Court Oath of France, the 16 constitutions that France has had. Yeah, they've had 16 constitutions, and that's only by one count. I mean, if you look at it differently, they've had more. Let me just read you the first few paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence and see if you can figure it out. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness." that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness." Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces them a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. So there you have the first few opening paragraphs. What's unique about the Declaration of Independence? Well, I'll tell you after an obscene prophet timeout. 
Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by the Buffalo Wool Company. They're the purveyors of the most incredible wool socks that you're ever going to put on your feet. You know, a lot of people think that wool is only acceptable to be worn in the winter. But the truth is, it'll keep you cool and dry in the summer and warm and cuddly in the winter. To get you a pair of these socks, go to the Buffalo Wool Company's website, thebuffalowoolco.com, and get you a pair. Trust me, you're not going to be disappointed. Are you looking for a new hat? Well, you probably need one now that the rain has subsided a little bit. And the place you should go to get one is NewTrendHats.com. They're a Wyoming-based company down in Kemmerer. They make those really cool baseball caps with the ponytail hole on the back of them. So go to NewTrendHats.com and find you a brand new hat to wear all summer long. That's New Trend Hats. Ladies, it's finally summer. And that means there's going to be a lot of events to attend. Rodeos, outdoor barbecues, dances in the park... And you definitely need a new hairstyle, or maybe you need to touch up on the one you already have. You should contact the Bombshell Studio in Sheridan. Their phone number is 307-752-4844. Christine Sturdivant is an expert in coloring and cutting your hair. So give her a call. Again, 307-752-4844. That's the Bombshell Studio. And now, back to our program. What is unique about our Declaration of Independence is its reliance on God. At the time it was written, some of the great philosophs were still alive and were still writing, guys like Jean-Jacques Rousseau and Voltaire. It was only 70 years removed from John Locke's two treatises on government. Locke, more than any other of the philosophs, heavily influenced the Constitution. Our founders were absolutely contemporaries of some of the greatest political philosophers that have ever lived. And the interesting thing about this is virtually none of the great philosophers that you think of relied on God. You have to remember that many of them were living at the tail end of the divine right of kings. Louis XVI of France had only been on the throne two years when the Declaration of Independence was written. And King George III... He was only 38 years old at the time of the Declaration. He was 13 when he became king. All of the philosophes rejected the entire idea of the divine right of kings. If you read the Declaration, there's one line in it that says the governments are instituted among men, but our rights come from God, not the government that men created. And that, in and of itself, is one of the main things that's striking about the Declaration of Independence, is that it relies on God, not on men. In none of the other writings of the philosophes would you see that idea come out. All of their writings rely almost exclusively on reason. That it doesn't make any sense that even though a king was chosen by men, that he's ordained by God and thus has absolute authority to do whatever he wants— that's preposterous, and our founders thought it was too. So the difference is, our declaration appeals to God instead of trying to derive its authority from God. All of it boils down to rights. What are the rights of a person, and where do they come from? The declaration, John Locke, even Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who most people would consider to be kind of a socialist, agree that people have what they called natural rights. 
that by virtue of being born, you have a certain schedule of rights, things that you can do that no leader can take away from you. The difference is, where do those rights come from? The philosophers would argue that just by virtue of being born, you have those rights. Our founders, though, had a very different view, that those rights come from God. And if they come from God, then they can't be taken away from you by government. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And then there's this, the laws of nature and nature's God. That's in the very first sentence of the Declaration of Independence. Now, the philosophers would only go so far as to talk about the laws of nature, not the laws of nature's God. Those are two very different things. One are the laws of our world, and the other are the laws of God. That distinction is not found in any of the writings of the philosophers, because those two ideas are from two entirely different schools of thought. One of them comes out of the Enlightenment, secular humanism. The other comes out of the Reformation. Secular humanism is the belief that men can come to morals and ethics without God, through reason. The main idea that came out of the Reformation is that the Bible, not tradition or man's law, ought to be the sole source of morals and ethics and laws here on earth. The two are polar opposites. Now, our founders were definitely products of the Reformation. The Puritans that came over from England came over here specifically for religious freedom, to practice their religion in the ways that they saw fit. That is, to follow the tenets of the Bible. Now, if you look at the writings of William Bradford, who was the governor of the Plymouth Colony, you'll see that that's very, very clear. A quick note about secular humanism. Reason. You can use reason to justify a whole bunch of horrible things. Some of the greatest horror shows in the history of the world sounded entirely reasonable at the time that they were proposed. If you compare the American and French revolutions, the two have two entirely different outcomes, one of which ended up with America, the other ended in the reign of terror where blood literally ran in the streets. Somewhere between 20,000 and 60,000 people met their fate at the guillotine. You can literally say that the French Revolution was a revolution of reason. They did a bunch of ridiculous things. They turned Notre Dame Cathedral into the Temple of Reason. They restarted the calendar at year one. It made perfect, reasonable sense to kill anyone who disagreed with the ideas of the revolution. Even the guy who was in charge of the revolution for most of its duration, Robespierre, was marched to the guillotine in the end. Make no mistake, he deserved it. He had the blood of thousands of people on his hands. The parallels between the two, the American Revolution and the French Revolution, are fascinating. They both happened about the same time, though the French Revolution was in 1789 and ours was in 1776. Thomas Jefferson even wrote the Declaration of the Rights of Man, the first document that came at the beginning of the French Revolution. He was the United States ambassador to France at the time. Now, when the whole thing kicked off, Thomas Paine and Thomas Jefferson pleaded with George Washington for America to join the French Revolution, to support France in the same fashion as they had supported America. But George Washington saw the French Revolution for what it was, something entirely different than our revolution. Granted, we were both trying to throw off a king, 
but their purposes, their stated initial purposes were different. In America, we appealed to God. In France, they were appealing to reason. Those are two very different things. Thomas Paine even went over to France to uh, help him out with the revolution. He was rewarded with a year-long stay in the Bastille at the hands of the Jacobin regime. In any case, the two revolutions can be traced back to their initial purposes, the initial documents or ideas that started them. Now, there's an interesting parallel between the first draft of the Declaration of Independence and the Declaration of the Rights of Man, France's version of our Bill of Rights. I mean, they're similar, but uh, the language is totally different. Thomas Jefferson wrote both of them. In Jefferson's first draft of the Declaration, there's no mention of God. There is in the second one. The second one happened after Benjamin Franklin and others got a hold of Thomas Jefferson's first draft. The Declaration of the Rights of Man doesn't mention God at all, but ours does, and that's one of the major things that separates it from all other political documents that have ever been written, and the results speak for themselves. So on this Independence Day, take some time to read the Declaration of Independence. It won't take you any more than a couple of minutes. Read it to your children, read it to your family, talk to your friends about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Take a few minutes to think about what that means, and remember that it sparked the greatest nation that this world has ever known. Oh, we've got our problems, and we've got our things that we need to work on, but it's still America, and it's still the shining city on the hill. Yesterday at church, we ended the service by singing the Star-Spangled Banner, both verses. Now, some of you probably know that there are two verses to the Star-Spangled Banner, but my guess is most people have never heard the second verse. We didn't sound near as good as the guy that I'm going to play for you. But this is off of YouTube. It's a Marine singing the second verse of the Star-Spangled Banner. And unfortunately, his name isn't on the video. But here it is. Preserved us a nation that 
Have a happy Independence Day. And remember where you live, the greatest country that God ever made. From the base of the Bighorns, in the free United States of America, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs>